0: Welcome to episode 174 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason. This is the show where we get to know the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And today's show is a little bit different. I talked to Dr. Carla Nomberg. Who's, uh, she's like a parenting, well she is, it's not like, she's a parenting coach, and she's a social worker, and she's all about helping parents be the best parents that they can be. She's read, written several books called Ready, Set, Breathe, you? oh, you want to help me? Come here. Well, there's a reason why we're, we're having Carla's, Carla's talk here on the Good Stuff Kids podcast today. I'm joined by my five-year-old, who is now on, what kind of break are you on? From school
1: winter break
0: right so we're on winter break now which means are we going to be home a lot or at school a lot
1: home
0: you don't have to yell
1: okay
0: and that's part of the thing about talking to carla is that that sometimes our kids yell and and she is uh she's going to help us get through that um what are we going to do on winter break
1: um. See our grandma, and uh, we're gonna have friends come to our house.
0: Yeah, is that gonna be great?
1: Yeah. Are we gonna
0: spend a lot of time together?
1: Yeah. Are we
0: gonna get loud? Kinda. Are you gonna listen to your parents? Yes. Really?
1: Yes.
0: Well, you heard it here first. Good stuff, kids podcast listeners. We are gonna listen to our parents. And Carla has a brand new book that's gonna be coming out very soon. That's called How Not to Lose Your with Your Kids, and. I need help with that, for sure. Me? No, me. Oh. Oh. So I think that you're going to... Um, like, we need this, you know? Parents, we need this as we get to winter break. And Carlo is really fun to talk to. She's super funny. And she gave great tips, great advice, told a little bit about what to expect in her book. She's got other books, too, called Ready, Set, Breathe, Practicing Mindfulness for Your Children for Fewer Meltdowns. She's, she's written... uh a lot of stuff about, you know, being a mom and sort of like the mom myth, you know? Like, um, I, I can tell you exactly what it's called. I can tell you. I I can. Parenting. Oh, gross. Parenting in the Present Moment, How to Stay Focused on What Really Matters, as well as another book. Why don't you tell a story while I look it up? Tell a quick story.
2: Um, once upon a time, there is a princess, and that princess has a brother called, um, the king and the king had a daddy and and that princess had a mommy and they were cousins the
0: end the great short story the book is called the good mother myth and there's also one called parenting in the present moment carla is all about mindfulness and being present and it's helpful she helped me we talked we got specific about some stuff that i struggle with not with you of course right right you're nodding your head right yeah. Okay, this is a very extended intro, but really what I want to say is Here's my talk with Dr. Carla Numburg. She's a PhD, she's a writer, she's a parent coach, she's a speaker, she's a social worker Most of all, she helped me be a better parent should also tell you as fair warning There are a couple of S-bombs that happened during this conversation with Carla I mean, it's the title of the book, you know I did a little Chewbacca there just at the beginning Because it was kind of fun to do but i'm not doing that again not no more we're real we're getting real with it yes okay here's dr carla Numburg. how not to lose your you know with your kids happy winter break
1: good stuff
0: i am very excited to welcome to the good stuff kids podcast dr carla Nomberg for uh, where are you right now
2: i'm sitting in my office outside of boston massachusetts
0: Cool. So setting the scene, I'm in Houston, Texas. We are worlds apart, but connected by the telephone. And we should say right off the bat, this has been almost a year in the making, thanks to the magic of of Twitter, or maybe the not magic of Twitter. But anyway, so thrilled that we connected and that we're going to take some time to talk about some issues I think that are really pertinent and important to parents today. So I'm going to let you take it away for a minute. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're coming from?
2: Absolutely. And first, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here with you. Um, I am a clinical social worker and a parent coach, and I also write books. So I've written three uh, parenting books. The third one will actually be out in the fall of 2019, and it's called How to Stop Losing Your Shit with Your Kids. And yes, my (laughs) publisher, my fabulous publisher, Workman, actually bought the title, so I'm so excited. Um, Which is is
0: great because nine out of ten times whenever I talk to my wife about working with my kids, I'm like, I got to stop losing my shit. So I think it's a profoundly resonates profoundly. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead.
2: No, totally. (laughs) I mean, the reason I wrote this book, and the reason I'm so excited about it is because this is basically my personal and professional work. I mean, this is what I help parents work on all the time. And as the mother of two daughters an almost 10 year old and an eight year old. This is my personal work too. So um, I love working with parents and supporting them and I love writing. And so that's, you know, I also do some public speaking, but this is what I do. And then I get to have great conversations with people like you. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: Thank you. Thanks in advance. I hope that no hope that we live up to it. So
2: you can pay me later. It's
0: fine. <laughs> okay, will do. Um, so I think before we get to you know maybe some like case study or or you know what inspired you to write this particular book that comes out. Uh, about a year from now is you you talk a lot about mindfulness and and so what is you know I've heard a lot about mindfulness and I think people think of mindfulness they aren't necessarily sure what exactly it means so I think like you know for example like if I'm mindful that means I meditate like 45 minutes a day but I'm not sure that's actually what Um, it means obviously no it's not at all what it
2: means (laughs) so like in your
0: in, in your words and in your work what what is mindfulness
2: great question so i first came to mindfulness just to be very transparent um because i needed to figure out how to lose my shit with my kids less often it Mm -hmm. was not some like deep meaningful spiritual quest it was like i am screaming at my kids too much i don't want to do that anymore and so i started learning about mindfulness okay basically what it is is it's our approach to whatever is happening to us in the present moment. And if we start paying attention, if you really notice how most of us function during the day, we're distracted, we're trying to do 27 things at once, we're overwhelmed by big feelings, we're pissed off or frustrated or judgmental, or we're making all sorts of assumptions, but we're not really paying attention. So mindfulness is just about making a choice to pay attention to whatever is happening in the present moment, in the here and now, and not getting all judgy or freaky or twitchy about it, just sort of noticing it and being kind of like, huh, so that's what's going on. And let me give you an example of um, a way that mindfulness helps me parent more effectively with my kids and more calmly. Um, So every morning we get into the great shoe battle right? I'm like, it's time to go to school. Everybody knows this battle. What is it with kids and shoes? (laughs) We put them on literally every time we leave the house. And yet, there is still this moment where it's like, okay, we're getting ready to go. And my kids are staring at me like we're on a foreign planet and they have no idea what to do. (laughs) So when I'm in like my busy, crazy moment, and I'm trying to get my purse packed up and their backpacks packed up and everything done, I just yell into the void, put on your shoes and like yelling into the void is one of my go-to parenting techniques although i can't recommend it to other parents
1: <laughs> um, it, it
2: offers very mixed results but so i like yell at them like put on your shoes and so about half the time they're actually putting on their shoes already and so then what they learn is that i yell at them no matter what they're doing so i'm just a crazy person apparently <laughs> and the other half the time i've just yelled into the void even if they're not putting on their shoes and the likelihood that that you know, shout will land somewhere effectively is fairly low because they generally tune out when I'm yelling, which is probably smart of them. So what I could do instead in a mindful moment, one might say is like, take a deep breath and think to myself, okay, I need to get my kids to put their shoes on. What I could literally do is look at them and see if they're putting their shoes on. And, and bear in mind, it's not like we live in a mansion and I'm in the West Wing and they're in the East Wing and like I can't find them. I literally just have to like turn my head and peek <laughs> around the corner. That's it. Just look at them. And what I will find is either they're putting their shoes on and I can shut my mouth and we can have a calm moment, or they're not putting their shoes on and I can look at them and like get their attention in an effective way and say, hey, kiddo, it's time to go. Shoes on, and so that is an example of how mindfulness can help us. And so instead of having this instant thought, "Oh God, my kids need to put their shoes on," they never put their shoes on, which is a thought about the past and reflecting on all the times in the past when they haven't done this. Or, "Oh no, if they don't put their shoes on, we're going to be late, and then I'm going to be late for my meeting, my whole day." But mm-hmm. that's my thinking going into the future, which hasn't really happened yet instead I come back to the present moment actually notice what my kids are doing and then from that place of sort of accurate information or clarity as one might say I can then parent more effectively I can look at them and and ask them what I need them to do and this happens in parenting all the time you know our kids say or do something, or they don't say or do something, and all of a sudden we get annoyed by all the other times this has happened in the past, or we get all tense and twitchy about all the times it might happen in the future, and then we react to those unpleasant memories or worries or whatever it may be instead of responding intentionally to what's actually happening right now in this moment. Does that make sense?
0: That makes every single ounce of sense I think you're the uh, shout yelling into the void is um, well oh I, I think that just happened to me you know it happens all the time like
2: we all do it
0: yeah and uh, I mean I, I think the idea of, of clarity and 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 intention intentionality I think is really important too so I guess, you know, this doesn't come with like there isn't just like a switch. Right. It's not just like, OK, so I'm a parent. I'm, I'm a pa- Right. Like I'm a parent now. And tomorrow morning, I know because you and I talked about this, I'm just going to, you know, take that second, take a breath, look around, see what's going on. But there's like an element of practice to this, isn't there?
2: Uh, You nailed it. So, practice is the word. This is one of my favorite words. And whenever I say this word, my kids' eyeballs start like rolling so far up in their head, I swear they're going to like roll around because they're like so tired of me talking about practice. (laughs) Here's what I want (laughs) I know, I know. Um, So, here's what I want parents and everyone to think about we are always practicing something, and whatever we practice, we're going to get better at it. It's going to come more easily to us. So if what I'm practicing is yelling into the void, and I did this for many years, I could yell at the drop of a hat at literally anything. Because I was practicing it all the time. My brain got really good at it. Mm -hmm. So if we want to practice being more mindful, which is again, bringing our attention back into the present moment and noticing it, not getting all judgy and twitchy, and then making an intentional choice about how to respond. If we want to practice that, here are my suggestions. Number one, start practicing in calm, easy moments, which may actually mean when your kids aren't with you. Because it's easier to practice something when it's not chaotic and stressful and you're freaking out. That's a really hard time to practice a new skill. So practice in calm moments. And that can either be meditation, which you mentioned. And (laughs) it doesn't have to be like, you know, 45 minutes a day, all hardcore, you move off to like some ashram and never see your kids again, which occasionally (laughs) sounds nice, but not really what I'm going for. Um, No, no, no. (laughs) Seriously, sometimes when I'm in the parking lot about to pick up my kids from school, I'll, I'll, if I can, I get there five minutes early and I just sit and breathe and I notice my breathing. And then when my mind wanders to, oh crap, I don't know what we're going to have for dinner or like, are they going to be all tired and annoying in the car on the ride home or whatever my mind wanders to, I bring it back to my breathing to the and the breathing is just a stand in for the present moment also when you notice your breathing it calms you down which is helpful and so i'm training my brain to notice all the crazy places it goes and to make the decision not to follow those crazy places but to come back to the present moment that's what meditation is for me it's literally training my brain to notice and not react So that when my kids are being crazy little hell beasts I can notice that and not flip out but instead take a breath calm down and decide what to do so meditating is actually a great way to not lose your shit um another practice um you you mentioned that we can't just flip a switch and become more mindful which is actually I talk about that all the time Mm -hmm. but we can do things that will make it more likely that we'll remember to be mindful for example getting enough sleep at night whenever you can. I know all the parents out there are laughing at me and like, ha, 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 sob. (laughs) But, you know, um, when we are exhausted, it's super hard to be present and not reactive. And so if you are chronically exhausted, A, that's no good, you should stop doing that. But B, cut yourself some slack. Like, have a lot of compassion for yourself because it's really hard to be a functional person when you're exhausted. Mm -hmm. Um, Slowing down is another great way to make it more likely that you'll be mindful it is possible to be mindful and present and aware and calm when you're rushing it's just harder and look unless you're the freaking president or jack whatever his name was on 24 who has to save the world in the next 23 hours you really don't need to be rushing like most of us myself included rush unnecessarily and it's like you don't have to really mm-hmm. like unless you're chasing a tornado or something calm down and I know that parenting can feel like chasing tornadoes a lot, but like, just it's okay. Slow down, do one thing at a time. This is a big one. Like, if the whole point of mindfulness is being present for what's ever happening, you literally can't do that if you're trying to stir the noodles and help your kid with his spelling words and tap out an email to your boss. Like, it's not going to work. Right. So, pick one thing and do that. And these are all so, sleep. Single tasking—that's—that's that's, you know doing one thing at a time, slowing down, and and self compassion, like being really gentle with yourself. These are all things that are going to help you be more mindful.
0: Yeah. Um, so uh, I mean, you, you uh, there's so much like I'm I'm like scribbling f- like furiously here. Um, so <laughs> so it's it's like almost, and I know that this is also a a large part of just understanding ourselves and understanding how our brains work, but it sounds like triggers right like the idea of triggers Mm. is hugely important and how we how we find our triggers or how we notice our triggers so um yes so i I guess like just i think it could be helpful for for folks who who maybe don't know what that what a trigger actually is if you could maybe give an example of one i think that like the, the idea of like shouting into the void in a way is is a trigger in some ways but maybe there's a different one i'm not sure
2: yeah. So I, I don't want to get super clinical on your listeners, but here's how I define triggers. A tr- trigger is anything that makes it more likely that you're going to lose your shit with your kids.
0: <laughs> Perfectly said. So, right. So <laughs> let's look
2: at the, and this can be a range of anything. I mean, really, the list is so long, it's terrifying. But we can talk about universal triggers. For example, like I just said, exhaustion and sleep deprivation are triggers for almost all of us. We know that when we didn't sleep, you know, we're we're barely hanging on there and about to lose it. Mm-hmm. Um, hunger not taking a moment to go to the bathroom in the last 10 hours, uh, physical pain. Many of us may walk around with, like a sore back or a tight shoulder or toothache, and we don't realize that that makes us more tense and more likely to freak out. Um, bad news from your boss, you know, stress at work, uh, going on Facebook, I feel like, or any social media is very likely to trigger any of us if because let's I mean, gosh, let's think about all of it. Bad Bad news in politics or in the world, right. you may all of a sudden hear terrible news about some you know person from high school that you haven 't thought about in twenty years, and then all of a sudden it 's right there in your face, which you know before social media you never would have known, and in that case, ignorance probably is bliss, so mm-hmm. then you 're all like worked up intense and, and sad, big feelings are almost always triggers um, so I think that you know if you are with your kids, staying off your phone is super important, and if you feel compelled to go on your phone for some reason do like a crossword puzzle app or read a calming book on your phone or something. Don't go on an app that is likely to trigger you with bad or upsetting or unpleasant news. Um, For some people, you know, really loud sounds or strong smells or bright lights can be triggered. Um, For some people, uh, a lot of physical contact can be triggered. So if you've got a kid who's climbing all over you all the time, that can be very triggering. Um, a fight with your spouse, worry about a mortgage payment you can't make. uh, Like the list goes on and on. And I think the thing to keep in mind is that many people think that whatever is happening in the rest of their life, if it's not about parenting, it shouldn't impact their parenting. But the reality is we're only one person with one body and one set of feelings and one mind and whatever is impacting us, whether it's related to our family of origin or our career or stress about money or, you know, a brief interaction we had with a friend that left us feeling all twitchy and weird. And we don't really know if they're pissed at us, you know, any of these things, if we're all triggered and literally think about it, like, you know, the fingers on the trigger, the gun is ready to go off. Right. And then your kid walks into the room perhaps being fine or even with a reasonable acceptable level of kid obnoxiousness they're not doing anything particularly bad you're ready to fire the gun and so you lose it with your kids
0: yeah wow Um, (laughs) it's like it's so interesting because i think that something that you said is and i think it's thematic i think in some of the work that you do but just the idea that like okay, well, I'm, I'm supposed to be a good parent. And like the nothing affects that. But in reality, and in the world that we live in, and like, it can be anything like I find that, like, oh my gosh, and, and this is going to be silly, maybe, but I find that like, if my nose is itchy, and I, I'm, I can't believe I'm like, divulging this. But like, if my, <laughs> no, if my nose is itchy, I am so much less patient with my kids. and And I think it's like that, that sort of bio thing, like the biology that like, I need to scratch my nose before I could deal with you needing the crust cut off your sandwich like <laughs> it's like right it's like totally what you're saying wow amazing
2: no it's that is actually a perfect example because Triggers can be universal, like the exhaustion thing, pretty much everyone's triggered. Uh Or they can be super specific. And the you know, I get very triggered when my daughters start coughing. like I get twitchy and I get on edge and I get super tense. And my husband's like, dude, calm down. They're just coughing. (laughs) And I'm like, Thank you. Shut your face. Like, you know. (laughs) So no, I would never say yes, I totally say that. Okay. (laughs) So the point about a trigger is it's not they're not necessarily something we can fix. Like I probably will never get to the point where my daughter's coughs don't trigger me and you will probably never get to the point where your itchy nose isn't a problem. <laughs> so the point is just to notice it. First of all, you, you got to figure out your tells. And when I say tells, what I mean are the signals you get from your body or your feelings or your thoughts that you're like, Oh, 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 I'm amping up and ready to go. So for example, for me, Um, My shoulders go up. They get super tense. um, And I get very sort of short with my daughters and I'll start answering them in one syllable. Like, okay, fine. Yeah. Yeah. okay, Yeah. And I've started to notice and I tend to go for my phone. Like Uh for me, that is a, a sign that something's going on with me and then I'm starting to get triggered. So when I see myself reach for my phone when I'm with my kids, which I generally try not to do. I've learned to take a moment and be like, oh, doggy!" like what is going on?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then once I realize I'm triggered and it doesn't always happen. Sometimes I'm completely wound up and lit up and freaking out and I don't even realize it. But once I realize it, and again, that's the mindfulness piece when I can notice this and go, oh, oh, that's OK. Huh. That's what's going on. hmm then i can figure out what i need to do and sometimes what i need to do is put my kids in front of a freaking tv show so i can have them like leave me alone for 20 minutes and i can go do some deep breaths and maybe stretch like for me that's a that's a helpful thing move my body maybe like drink a glass of water go to the bathroom like just kind of recalibrate myself and then figure out the plan for the rest of the day or the evening and sometimes the plan is whoa, I'm a mess and I got nothing to offer these kids. So I'm ordering a pizza and they're watching TV and then bedtime because that's all I can do. And, and that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that. That's a great choice because honestly, my kids think it's awesome. They're like, oh my God, pizza in front of the TV. This is the greatest (laughs) night of my life (laughs) because we never do that. Uh And I'm like, I am like holding on by my fingernails, but that's, totally more pleasant than me yelling at them all night and so when you can just accept like this is all I got to offer offer what you have get to bed as soon as you can or move your body or call a friend or do whatever you need to do and then you you'll start again tomorrow
0: Mm -hmm. um so yeah I, I think the idea of offering what you have is really um you know you're saying like the Everything that you're saying, like all of these little snippets are like I have so much to, to ask around that or like to apply to my personal experience, but I I'm gonna I'm gonna just hold off on that for a second. And I wanna turn back to just the overall idea of screen time. Um, Oh yeah, which is huge, and I think that you know, you you and I sound like we we are similar in in many ways, and that like you know, for example, I was home with my kids. My my wife was away last weekend, so I was home with the kids. And on sa- uh, Sunday afternoon, after like you know Saturday, we were up early. Like they woke up at six, and blah blah. blah. And by Sunday afternoon, after lunch, I was just like, I'm, I'm toast. Like I want to. Interact right. I want to interact, but what ended up happening was they uh my son was playing like Madden on the PlayStation and my daughters were on iPads and I was asleep on the couch for about an hour, probably longer, wink wink. Um and I think (laughs) so in my in my mind, I'm like, okay, they were outside all day they had a long week at school, like this is okay, even if it's a little longer than I anticipated. So in your, and you can feel free obviously by the way, if you need to say, no, Mike, that is not really what we're going for as parents here. But I'd like to, to hear your response to that, I guess, like set of behaviors or set of choices that I made as a parent in that moment.
2: Uh, I think it was great. And I have made the exact same choices. And look, here's how I think about screen time. I I really do think it's one of those areas where we're going for a balance. Um, I actually grew up uh, in two families. My parents were divorced and I had one parent who literally gave us unlimited screen time whenever we wanted at all times, no matter what, didn't matter. No questions asked. And the other parent, zero screen time, none, ever, never, none. And what I can tell you is both of them were very problematic. On the one hand, too much screen time is boring. It's not great for kids' moods. Uh, um, My kids become incredibly cranky and irritable if I let them have too much screen time. And we're learning more that it really does affect their development, partially uh, because it affects their attention and partially because of what they're not doing when they're in front of a screen, that they're not doing creative play. They're not learning to tolerate the boredom that comes up when they don't know what else to do, when they don't have something flashing in their face, they're not outside. And the other hand, no screen time at all doesn't work. Like I would be at school and my friends would be talking about some show they all watched and I couldn't participate in the conversation. And that was very real for me. And there was there was no like YouTube or, you know, whatever back then that I could go back and watch it. You know, if you miss that final episode of Dallas, you never found out who shot JR, period, the end. I totally just dated myself, it's fine. <laughs> Anyways, the point is, I I do think that there's a balance. um, And I don't think all screen time is equal. I think some of it can be really sort of creative and fun. My kids love Minecraft. I don't really have a problem with that. Um, Whereas there are other games and stuff that I won't let them play or TV shows. You know, I don't let them watch TV shows where it's a bunch of girls being bitchy to each other. And Uh there's a surprising number of cartoons and and kids shows where it's basically girls bullying each other. And I'm like, no, we're not doing that. Uh But if you want to watch Nailed It, which is like a reality show where people try to bake these crazy recreations (laughs) of these awesome cakes. Like, that's hilarious. Let's watch that. Yeah. So here's what I would say about screen time. Uh, I don't. I am reticent to set a hard and fast rule for every family. I will tell people what works for us and what I think is reasonable. There are a lot of great books out there that I can get you the links, um, Mike, if you want to put them on your website, that I think can really help parents. But, you know, my kids um, don't get screen time every day, primarily because we don't have time. Like we're outside after school. We're playing cards. We're reading books, uh, you know, We're doing projects, they're whining about being bored, and I'm telling them they can go clean their room. That's a really fun (laughs) game we like to play in our house. Um, But, you know, we don't do screen time every day, but uh, often on, like, a Sunday, they're allowed some screen time. And maybe two or three nights a week, they can have about a 20-minute show or 20 minutes on their iPads. I have found through trial and error that um, more than about 40 minutes... And they get very cranky and it doesn't work. And if we watch a movie right before bedtime, that's a shit show. Like it's, it's a Uh nightmare trying to get them to bed. So what I would say for parents is if you're going to give your kids screen time, pay attention, like pay attention to how well they function when they're done. How hard is it to get them off the screen? Can they sit in a restaurant and like, not require a screen. And I will often keep a, a pack of note cards and a couple pens in my purse so that if the girls are bored at a restaurant, I can pull out the note cards and pens and we can draw notes or, you know, pictures or whatever. So, but if you find that your child really can't function at all um, and totally gets very dysregulated without a screen in front of them, that's probably a problem. Uh-huh. Um, and I do believe there is such a thing as too much screen time, but I think a couple hours on a weekday afternoon, or, you know, there are times when we've been home from school with various snow days and i get to a point where i'm like honestly do whatever you want like i got nothing <laughs> to give we just an awesome like yes day and my kids you know they'll be on their screens for an hour or two and then they'll get bored and they'll get done with it uh-huh. um they also love traveling because when we are on planes or on road trips it is a free-for-all It's unlimited. melt your little brains yep. oh completely yeah and on sick days when they're like lying on the couch with a fever unlimited yeah just do it yep. um so yeah i i think your screen time choices are fine though i don't have a problem
0: okay well phew all right um Okay. So I, there's, there's a couple, like, I have like three other things I'd like to touch on. Um, the the first is, and I thought this was really interesting as, um, as a, a person with an Apple watch, um, you, you talk a bit, you, you have, you wrote something like there's a blog post about how your smartwatch has changed your parenting or, or how it's enabled you to be more mindful, I guess is even more appropriate, but, um, Are you still finding that that's the case? Like are you using it for the same ways? Because I think it's important for people to hear what you can and can't do with it in terms of parenting.
2: Yeah. So um, I wrote this piece for Offspring, which is the parenting vertical of Lifehacker. And it's a great great parenting blog with a lot of really practical solutions. So if you haven't read Offspring, you should go check it out. Yeah. So first of all, I love technology. I just want to say this. I love my Apple Watch. I love my phone. I I love it all too much. It's a a problem. So my relationship with my phone is an ongoing struggle for me, and I want to be very transparent about this. I do not have this figured out. There are times when I spend too much time staring at my phone. But I do think the Apple Watch, um, look, if you're not a tech person, do not go out and buy a watch for this reason. But if you're (laughs) thinking about it, Here's what I like about it. First, um, it does motivate me to exercise more. I, I, I like those little rings. I'm highly motivated to close them. And when I exercise more, I'm generally a calmer, less bitchy person. So that's good. Um, I also downloaded an app onto the Apple Watch. I know the Fitbits do this sort of natively. You don't need an app that tracks my sleep. Uh-huh. And for me, tracking my sleep motivates me, A, to get more sleep, and B, when I wake up in the morning and look at that little graph it's it's a very real reminder either a i got enough sleep and i'll probably be in a pretty good place today or b i didn't and i'm going to be exhausted so i need to slow down simplify my schedule my day lower my standards and just try to be as calm as i can with everyone because i am definitely one of those people who cannot function without sleep my husband can do much better without sleep so he's less psychotic i cannot um in terms of how it helps me get some space for my phone so when my daughter was in kindergarten she had an asthma attack at school and I missed the phone call they actually had to call 911 oh. and I missed the phone call from the school and when I called them back they put me on hold without telling me what was going on and it totally freaked me out and so ever since then for better or for worse I'm very paranoid about missing notifications and so I was like always with my phone near me And now I can leave my phone in one room and go in the other room and you know, know that I'm not going to miss an important call. So for me, I don't have very many apps on my Apple Watch. I can't play games. I can't read the news on it. There's no social media. There's no internet like none of that. But I know I can put my phone down and not really be near it and trust that if there is an important call, I will get it. And so that's a big reason for me why I use the Apple Watch, because I had this experience that was very upsetting for me. And so now this makes me feel better. And some people say, like, well, that's silly. Like, she was fine. The nurses took care of it at the school. and That's absolutely true. Like, my daughter was never in any real danger. The nurses took great care of her. You know, if you're not a parent who worries about missing that phone call, great, probably even better for you. But I am and I've decided that's okay. Um, The other thing I love about my Apple Watch is the timers. I set timers all day long. Like when my kids are fighting over a toy, we set the timers. There's a timer for how long my daughter has to use um, practice piano. You know, I set a timer to remind me to switch the laundry so my kids have their favorite damn t-shirt the next day, like whatever it is. And I just find that when the timer is going, it's one less thing I have to think about and one less reason I have to go pick up my phone. So what I would say to parents is if you're not sure if this is working for you, um, try it out, borrow one from a friend, see what you can do and really pay attention to are you spending less time on your phone? And for me, that's the goal. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, or if you're getting super sucked into tapping on your watch, probably not the best choice for you.
0: Right. (laughs) Probably not. Okay. So
2: I, I need
0: to stop losing my shit with my kids. Like that's my, my personal like proclamation. Um, because, and I think that like a lot of the stuff that we've talked about are, you know, like the triggers, um, it's important to keep that in mind, the mindfulness and and stopping and, and, and taking your time and all the things that you outlined. So I, I have a puzzler and something that I've never talked about. Um, and I just, I'm a little hesitant to to say this. Let's do it. Okay. So So I will often, when I'm going to pick up my kids at school and we're in the car, I'll say internally to myself, I am going to stay calm. We're going to have a great night. It's going to be peaceful. We're going to get along. Everyone's going to be happy. And whenever I say that (laughs) to myself, it always ends. And I don't do it every day because I you know, I, I don't know why, but whenever I do say that, it always ends up being a tremendous shit show. Always,
2: of course, you jinxed yourself. <laughs> you totally that? jinxed yourself. <laughs> Duh, that's a real thing, by the way.
0: Uh huh. It's told <laughs> yeah. Is that is that legitimately what's happening? I'm jinxing myself.
2: Well, I I, don't I mean not si- I, look, not
0: scientifically speaking, of course. Yeah, right. look,
2: I believe I I think the minute. We challenge the universe and we're like, oh, I'm on top of my parenting game. I got this going on. The universe is like, here's an exploded diaper. Have fun. Like, (laughs) you know, whatever it is. Um, Wait, so tell me more, though. So you think it's going to be. Yes, I haven't. I thought about this, actually. Um, You have set a very high expectation, um, especially for kids in the afternoon. Like the afternoon stinks everybody's exhausted Um, you know there's a lot of pressure for all the things you have to get done whether it's homework or showering and your kids aren't gonna be as helpful because they used up all their helpfulness at school and it's really true like the more decisions we make, the more willpower we have to exude, the more we have to, like, toe the line um, in a certain situation, the less energy we have for doing that later. And, I mean, you can think about this. If, you, if, if you're if you someone who goes to work all day in an office and you have to, like, be really focused and do what you need to do and behave appropriately and smile at your idiot co-worker who you secretly hate and blah, 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 <laughs> by the time you get home, you're done. You're like, I just want to sink on the couch and eat a bowl of cereal and watch crap TV. And so, That's where your kids are many afternoons after school, right? And so when we expect that, like, I'm going to be this, you know, kick-ass parent and my kids are going to be amazing and we're all going to be happy and calm and connected and delightful. And then the minute they sort of, you know, cross that line and start giving you attitude or start fighting with each other or they're cranky, then you start feeling like, well, what happened? What happened to my amazing, you know, night? And then you get cranky and whatever. So, What I would say is this is when it comes back to the mindfulness piece, Uh, not to beat this dead horse, but this is my favorite dead horse to beat, also uh practicing. I love that. So when you get in the car, I think you can just say like, oh, hey, here are my kids now. Here I am. And, you know, let's take a look at them and see how they're doing right now. And they will often give you a clue. Like, did they have a good day at school and they're in a good mood? Did they have an exhausting day at school and they're overly silly and likely to like, you know, be obnoxious to the point that one of them has a meltdown? Or are they just a complete wreck? Right. Uh Or something in between. And then when you look at them and then you notice yourself, like, how am I doing? Have I slept well? Have I exercised today? Um, Do I have energy? How's my mood? Then you can kind of take all of that into account and make a plan for the evening. Like, this is a great evening when we have energy and the weather's beautiful. Let's go to the park and maybe we'll pick up a pizza on the way and have a picnic. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, I actually know that I have to get home for X, Y and Z. And so we just need to go home and uh, do our normal evening routine. Or we're all a mess and I think I'm getting sick. So we're having, you know, um, frozen pizza for dinner hopefully you defrost it and cook it first but we're having frozen pizza <laughs> for dinner and it's just going to be a night when the kids get an extra tv show because i i, I can't show up for them in any meaningful way mm-hmm. and so rather than sort of projecting on how you want the night to be just take a moment and notice how things are already and then you can make a plan that will work for the vibe in your family
0: mm-hmm. i mean it's so that is so clarifying because when i when i'm thinking of this. I'm not thinking of like, oh, you know, like a nice dinner and oh, like bedtime will be so sweet and there will be hugs and kisses for everyone. I'm thinking about like how I'm going to feel when I'm sitting on the couch after they're in bed. Does that make sense? Like the best
2: feeling, which
0: is the best feeling. But I want to be there in that feeling (laughs) and like I am not present, right? I'm thinking about how I get there and I'm thinking about like three steps ahead of where I should be. Um, so I think it's, you know, the mindfulness and the, you know, uh, the triggers and the staying calm and yelling, like all of the stuff that we've talked about, I think are things that I need to practice. So I want to thank you for helping, oh, gosh. Me, helping me to crystallize some of this. It's amazing.
2: And, and one more point I want to throw in there, which is, I'm not saying Mike, that you should never have that thought of, oh my gosh, I can't wait to be on my couch or we're going to have a great evening and these kids better behave or whatever it is. Our thoughts come, they come sometimes from useful places, sometimes from left field, sometimes they're helpful, sometimes they're banana pants like we, we don't actually have as much control over our thoughts as we think that we do. But so the trick is like you're going to think whatever you're going to think. The trick is to notice those thoughts and then decide. Is that a helpful thought or idea that I want to like hang out with and utilize and practice thinking? Or is that like a crazy town thought that's actually not helpful? So I'm going to come back to the present moment and take a few deep breaths and like check in with my body and see how I'm feeling or pay attention to my kids for a minute. So don't worry about what you're thinking. Like that's not Mm -hmm. a thing to get all stressed out about and try to change. The goal is to practice noticing what you're thinking so then you can decide what to do next.
0: Got it. Well, that's extremely, extremely helpful. Um, so, OK, so the, the book is How to Stop Losing Your Shit with Your Kids. Is there anything else that that you can sort of wet our appetites? You know, no spoilers, obviously, but like any other areas that that could wet our appetites to I mean, I'm already super excited about this book. Obviously, I think you can tell, but things that are in there without giving away anything because mm. we want to read it that we should know.
2: Um, but, but I'm trying to think. Um, yes, okay. I will say one thing. Okay. Uh, one very useful way to not lose your shit with your kids. And I go into this in great detail in the book is to actually not spend as much time with them. And that's a very provocative thing to say.
1: Wow. <laughs>
2: very, I'm going to leave you with that. Here. On, so there's many different ways in which this works and which this may be, when done properly, very skillful parenting. Um, but what I will say is on a most basic level is you can't explode at your kids if you're not actually with them. <laughs> but if you want, right? right? Yep, yeah uh-huh. <laughs> See what I did there? I do. Right. <laughs> if you want to know more about... Why a parent coach would actually suggest that parents consider spending less time with their kids and how you can do that in a way that maintains a super strong relationship with your children, that makes you feel like a very engaged, connected parent, makes your kids feel super connected to you, and decreases the likelihood that you will lose your shit with your kids what you should do now shameless Uh self-promotion is go to my website you can google me at carla Nomberg, and i'm sure mike will have a link up and sign up for my totally free email newsletter and that's where you're going to get all the juicy tidbits and you will be the first to know when the book is ready for (laughs) pre-order
0: wow that was see what i did there? that was so skillful And so like that was well done. Okay. So thank you very much. We, (laughs) we've covered a ton of ground and I want to thank you for your time. And you mentioned your website. How else can we find you and keep up with you and follow you?
2: Um, Despite being the person who's telling you to get off your phone, Uh I am now going to be totally contradictory and say I'm all over social media. (laughs) Um, So I'm on Facebook as Carla Nomburg. I'm on Twitter as S W Mama sw is in social worker social worker mama uh-huh. sw mama and i'm on instagram as carla nomberg so once you find my website it will connect you to all of these places where you can follow me and all the crazy antics of me and my family
0: amazing well i can't thank you enough for your time this is really really cool excited for the book excited to sign up for the newsletter excited for all of these things thank you so much for your time
2: and thank you for hosting me i had a great time
0: So here we are, December 21st. My kids are on break until like January 8th, but I'm gonna take this advice from Carla. I'm gonna use these experiences and these tips and these tricks that she has shared with me personally and I think that it would be good for you to do it too and check out all of her books and be ready for that new one because as you can hear, she knows what she's talking about and she's really good at it and she's really honest and that's great. So thank you so much to Carla for coming on. Wishing everyone a very happy holiday season. Likely we'll be back at some point next week, likely. Maybe we'll see in 2019, I just don't know. But you know, wherever you get your pods, we'll be there. I'll be there waiting for you. You know I just sit there and wait, right? Just kidding. I don't sit there and wait. All right. Bye-bye.
1: Good stuff.